Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! What is up, all you rockers, rockets, and everything in between? You have joined us for a new edition of And The Podcast Will Rock. We are the show that digs into the catalogue and discography. Wait, wait, great... what, are you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm doing the intro, What, what even? You, intro? This is not your show. Do you see anything related to Queen anywhere around here? Do you see Tom Petty's face in the corner of the window? You don't. It's not the you, same show. What's the matter me. with you? Brits <laughs> always trying to take away from the Americans, always and the Canadians. You. Yeah, this is uh, eh, anyway. Uh, no. You would have lost World War II without us, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, well, no, 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 no. Yes, that's true. You are one of us. So uh, that uh, lovely intro by the wonderful Kevin Brown. So uh, thank you, Kevin, for doing that. So I don't have to do it this time. Everyone knows what this show is, but uh, I did cut you off. So I'll just go ahead. Kevin was telling you. This is the show where we dive into the catalog and discography of one of the greatest rock and roll bands of all time, Van Halen, and we do it one track at a time. That is the aforementioned Kevin Brown of the Tom Petty Podcast, the Seaside Pod Review. I am your co-host, Mark Kamire. With me as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, how are you feeling? And how, how did Kevin get in here so quickly? I have no idea. Uh, who I thought you let him in, to be honest with you, because I, I ended up in the studio uh true story and kevin's here so i'm like all right i guess i'm am i doing seaside pod review I mean, wait i'm not doing that because they don't invite me on that show they're very <laughs> smart they had me on once and they're never having me on again like my the tom petty project this week nope same thing i was on that show once never gonna happen again uh so the, look, i see my shit here i see van halen i see the little graphics i did up so uh, it must yeah. mean that it's a special occasion but what could that occasion be mark do you know well, uh, in, in, in terms of letting Kevin in here, we'll just chalk it up to uh, my wonderful fiance who has a habit of not locking doors. And uh, he just kind of just walked right on in. So uh, but Fucking nevertheless, bullets. because because it's you, Kevin, welcome. We appreciate it. Ke- uh, Corey means well. But anyway, uh, it's a it's a special show tonight because you guys. After however many songs, after however many uh, guests and reviews and all that jazz, you guys, we have hit 100 episodes. That's right. This is episode 100. Corey, almost uh, two years later, we're still doing it. We've come up to triple digits. So to me, what that says is, uh, hey, look at us. Good for us for being so consistent with a, with a single show, which, you know, in the past, uh, in the past life has not been a thing. Um, but you know, I digress. Uh, but actually it says to me that it's kind of sad because that means that the Van Halen catalog, uh, no longer in the triple digits. Uh, in fact, we are very much reach reaching the end of the destination, uh, in terms of the Van Halen wheel. So, um, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on this milestone that we're at a hundred episodes and, uh, we gotta, I gotta say, 
got to thank uh, people like Kevin, like people like Tom, everybody in the uh, uh, lurking in the chat, our patrons, all of you guys for keeping us going, man, because this is certainly the longest I have been on the airwaves consistently. So thank you all so much. Appreciate it. <laughs> I like Tom's idea there. Free sets of steak knives for all patrons. <laughs> <laughs> I never trusted uh, someone enough to uh, give them sharp knives. So I don't know. I don't know if we're there yet. The way uh, Tom's keyboard is slippery tonight, I don't think I would trust him with a sharp knife right now. Too <laughs> right. many typos, Tom. Yeah. Typo, Tom. Yeah, he Can't told us it. it was all goose out here. <laughs> Those Canada. Sorry, gooses. Tom. Sorry, Tom. Yeah, but uh, yeah, dude, Corey, episode one hundred. How you feel about that? Uh, yeah, kind of surprised we made it. I, I, I listen to Pot of Thunder. That, that's kind of my one of my main podcasts, and they're on episode five, whatever. Like they've done this for almost a decade, but uh, I never thought, uh, you know, hundred episodes of a show. I thought we would have been kicked off the air after like twenty. Uh, and like you, you had alluded to maybe another uh, podcast group we're talking uh, a part of, which I'm sure uh, our special guest host for the evening uh, will ask us about at one point. It, we definitely didn't make 100 episodes on that one. So uh, I kind of no. thought you'd get sick of me at this point, Mark, and, and uh, give me the boot. But uh, happy to be here. 100 episodes. We only got 27 songs left on the wheel. She's under 30. Uh, no, if anyone was going to get the boot, it was going to be me because, uh, as you all know, uh, I am just along for the ride whilst, uh, Corey devours each and every podcast one at a time, uh, to gain more power. He's becoming ever more powerful. You guys, uh, you're all just letting it happen. And, uh, eventually all of the podcasting airwaves will be part of the CMPU and, uh, me, I will just be a, a, a fortunate herald bringing in your coming. So watch out, all you other podcasts. You're done for. I don't know. I'm going to you too, retire. Kevin. Uh, I'm going to retire after this one, I think. Holy shit. But um, <laughs> we, we, we should explain why, why Kevin's here. And actually, uh, Kevin reached out to me uh, a couple episodes uh, back and said, hey, you're coming up on your 100th. That's kind of a big deal. I'm like, I don't know. Is uh -huh, it? I don't yeah. care. And he's like, yeah, we should do something special. And he kind of had some ideas. And so he said, Kevin, why don't you take over episode 100 and, and, and kind of do your own thing? And Kevin is like, Aside from being a really cool guy, uh, he has a lot of really cool ideas, and he, he kind of pitched us an idea of what he wanted to do tonight. I'm like, oh, that actually kind of sounds like a lot of fun. So we, right. we, we had some we had some homework to do. We had some top tens to fill out and, and things like that. But I'm looking forward to getting right into it. So uh, Kevin Brown, why don't you take it away? Awesome, boys. Well, first of all, congratulations. You know, 100, pod 100 podcasts, 100 episodes of a podcast is incredible. Um, not most podcasts don't get there. Everyone knows this, that it's, you know, I think it was average about 15 or something or 11, 12, 13, 14 or something. <laughs> so getting to hundred and getting through almost this entire catalog with, and some of the guests you've had along the way is incredible. And I was looking up, so 5th of November, 2001 was your, was your first episode. So <laughs> remember, before remember. We kick off, and I do have a little bit of a format for us to go through, yeah. but I wanted to, so with the poll votes that you guys started doing, can I get a little bit of uh, prices, right? Music, Corey. Because we're gonna play a little, uh, we're gonna play a little guest here. Oh no! Right off the bat, Kevin wants to right play the, the game that he knows I can. I'm not gonna win <laughs> every time. Why? Okay. <laughs> Over the whole, and I counted on. Like I am one of those sad little people who counts things. I went and counted all the poll votes you've had. So how many individual votes do you think you've had on all the polls that you've put up? over the last 100 episodes or 99 episodes of people this one holy shit so how many individual polls how many individual votes votes oh votes oh uh, <laughs> Corey, you go first why do i have to go first kevin gets to pick who goes first Corey, go first 
Oh, shit. I'm going to guess. <laughs> because I always go first in this game, and I always lose. <laughs> and this is close to two without going over, right? Close to two. I'm going to say 11,173. Okay. 11,173. Mark, what's your guess? 5,003. 5,003. Both very specific. I like it. Well, there is a three in the number, so you both got one number out of it. Um, the winner doesn't usually win, almost never wins. It's Mr. Mark Kamar. Oh! The answer oh. is 8,439 8, poll votes. Oh, so my. 8,000. Oh, 8, I went over. <laughs> I went over. Damn it, I lost the showcase. Oh! So that just shows, but it leads into that. That shows that you've built this community. But what I want to talk about first is just in case people don't know uh, the origins of the show. So where did you guys meet? When did you decide to do this? And how did it? How was how was it born? Um, I uh, am a fan of of movies. Uh, and movie trivia, and there was a uh, an online movie trivia league called Movie Trivia Schmodown that I, I really enjoyed. And there was kind of an offshoot league, a fan league that broke off of that called the uh, uh, Movie Trivia Face Off. And they were looking for editors one day, and I thought, well, I, I like their stuff. And movie trivia is a lot of fun. I'm an editor by trade, uh, so you know I'll volunteer my time and I'll edit some matches. Well, that uh, turned into editing every match, and that turned into being commissioner of the Inner Geekdom League, which was all geek movies like Star Wars. Star Trek, uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, one of the main competitors in the Inner Geekdom League was one Mark Amire. Uh And one of the things I did as commissioner of that league, aside from booking all the matches, was I did a little uh, interview show uh, every week. And Mark was a guest on that show quite a few times. Uh, and, you know, we always kind of got, got along together. And then after our time with movie trivia uh, kind of wound up, um, Mark became a part of a group called Feeding the Monster. Why don't you take it from there, Mark? Feeding the Monster was a group of uh, individuals who actually very similar, similarly came from the uh, movie trivia face-off league. Uh, one of them was uh, not so much a competitor, but he was helping kind of people develop uh, their character, their persona for these matches, because while the matches were true competition, they uh, we followed the movie trivia schmodown route of uh, each competitor has a character like uh, pro wrestling, you know, uh, all kayfabe, you know, make a show of it. But then when it comes to the actual movie knowledge and the trivia, that's real. Uh, and um, me being a longtime pro wrestling fan, you know, that was that was right. My, my jam right away. But anyway, uh, so this uh, collective group of people reached out to me and said, Hey, we're putting something together. Uh, we, we like your vibe. We like you as a person. Uh, we want to, you know, would you want to come try this out with us? And, uh, and then Corey joined in the mix as well, because, you know, he was, you know, he, we needed Corey, we needed Corey. We needed that fresh voice. We needed that, that optimism, uh, that he provided because I didn't bring the optimism. Uh, all of my, uh, all of my bits on, on that podcasting feed were literally ranting about what I'm upset about in the, in the nerd world. Uh, you know, and, but with every, every once in a while, I'd be like, no, let's celebrate this time. Let's uh, celebrate this thing. But anyway, uh, feeding the monster podcasting feed was the, uh, was the network we created with the, these individuals. And, uh, and it went on for a while. The problem was we just, we created a, a bit too much content and had zero listenership and it just sort of you know 
fizz, fizzled out as things do. But uh, one day Corey reached out to me after that had already kind of been laid to rest and said, I'm thinking about doing a Van Halen podcast. Would you be interested in that? I said, yes, absolutely. I love Van Halen. Um, I don't, I don't believe I told Corey that I wasn't an expert, but it was in my brain. I was just like, you know, there's, there's a lot about uh, uh, the, the personal lives and a lot about just uh, Van Halen's journey that I don't know about because I just, I just listened to it for the music and obviously the inspiration for Eddie Van Halen's guitar playing. But uh, but I thought, what the hell? It'll be you know, be fine. We'll listen to some songs. We'll talk about it. You know, I have a pretty good uh, what I think is a good uh, musical critique uh, mindset. So I figured let's let's give it a shot. If nobody listens, whatever, as long as it's still fun, then uh, we'll we'll keep going. And that's that's kind of the 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 principle we've been utilizing throughout this whole journey is if it's if it's fun we'll keep it going and if it's not and nobody cares then i guess that's that but at least we tried and here we are 100 episodes later and so you know you get you, that that's the that's the lead into this but then when you're looking at okay what is this show going to be you know mm-hmm. is it going to be are you, are you going to do an album at a time are you going to do a song at a time what was that decision like and Corey, i know you took inspiration from pot of thunder but how quickly <laughs> did that come together and coalesce Oh, that was a complete ripoff of Pot of Thunder yeah. because I, uh, <laughs> I, I was listening back. I, I've, I've gone back to Pot of Thunder. I, I caught Pot of Thunder quite late, like around episode four or something. Uh, so I went back to episode one. And at some point, while they were covering the entire KISS catalog, uh, they started taking questions from their listeners. They call it a yard of questions. You could ask three questions. And someone asked a question, if you could do another band, this entire catalog, which band would you do? And the, they, the first thing they said was, first of all, we would never do that because it's a lot of fucking work. You're listening to every song. Uh, true fans who think they're true fans really shit all over you. If you get even the, the littlest minutiae wrong, um, they said, we no never do it. Kidding. But, <laughs> <laughs> but one of the bands they said, it'd be really cool to, to listen to a podcast on Van Halen because they kind of hit all the bases. You want a band where not everything sounds the same, right? Like it sounds like a great idea to do this format with ACDC because everything it sounds pretty close and it's all great. But then every episode of your podcast sounds the same. You want to have different elements in there. So Van Halen has three different front men. Front men. So you have that dynamic that makes it interesting. You're comparing Dave, Sammy, uh, and Gary. Uh, and, and let's face it, there's a couple of stinkers in the catalog. Not a ton. Not like Kiss, where there was like a lot of stinkers. But you think, okay, Up for Breakfast, that's going to be a fun show. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, Once, that's going to be a fun show. Uh, Spanked, if we ever spin it, uh, should be a fun show. Like just <laughs> songs that aren't that great that you can have a little fun with and obviously we over exaggerate hopefully for uh entertainment purposes uh especially if people really like those songs it's even more fun to kind of stick the needle in a little bit more and say you know closer so, and closer that spanking yeah. is coming <laughs> but uh in in terms of van halen it hit those bases but also on mark's show rantings of a maniac he invited me on to that podcast uh when eddie passed away because he knew I was kind of a classic rock guy to talk about Eddie Van Halen. And we talked for fuck almost two hours, right? Just on Van we Halen. Did, yeah. And mm-hmm. so that's why when I listened to that pot of thunder, I'm like, well, Hey, we can do that with Van Halen and give full credit to pot of thunder. They said, we don't want to do it. If somebody wants to take the ball and run with it, go ahead and run with it. So that's kind of what we did. And they had a random song generator and I used the wheel when I was uh inner geekdom, uh, movie commissioner, I would put categories on a wheel and round two of movie trivia, the competitors would spin the wheel and get a category james bond alien what have you so i thought let's just put every single van halen song on a wheel let's spin the thing and talk about it and we always kind of framed it as just two fans talking like we're not experts mark i thought had the 
uh, musician kind of angle covered because he's played instruments. He, he's a hell of a singer. Uh, he knows music. Um, I'm a fountain of useless information. I thought, I don't know a shit ton about Van Halen, but I know more than the average fan, and I'm learning. It, we're going to learn about this band as we go along. And I thought, geez, I bet you a lot of people might want to go along with that ride. Uh, diehard Van Halen fans? Fuck no. I'll never forget when uh, Eric Senich uh, wrote about us on the Van Halen News Desk. We got a massive bump. Like, all of a sudden, our numbers on iTunes, we were the number four music podcast in America. That's beating uh, Eddie Trunk. Uh, That's beating, like, everybody. We were number four on the fucking iTunes charts. And then we heard from everybody about how bad we sucked. And then we settled uh, into kind of our normal numbers in the the 80s on the iTunes charts. Like, that's a comfortable number for us. But uh, we never tried to frame it as we're experts we're learning uh, as we go and i know a hell of a lot more about van halen now than i did uh 100 episodes ago and i love that that's kind of why i wanted to do this and it's that thing that i think we what you did right really early on is you got the engagement piece right so your social media and i know that Corey, you don't love it you don't love doing the social media and it is a lot of work (laughs) but you found this and built this community of people who interact with you and so how like did you notice um a jump when you started doing polls because i mean polls on twitter people love them, right? And it's basically, there's some accounts that just post polls all the time, but the way you guys do it is different because you are soliciting actual feedback from real people um, mm-hmm. and you read it out on the show. So was that sort of a, when you did you have a discussion around that and think, well, should we do this? Is it going to take up too much time? What did that look like? I don't, I, I think I just posted a poll and, yeah, and all of a yeah. sudden we're getting a hundred votes on the poll and then it was like, hey, Mark, we should actually maybe, we're getting some well, really should, cool comments yeah. on these polls. Why don't we read them out on the show? Yeah, like there was no, I don't recall ever a conversation. I just saw because at at that time Corey was was running the uh, the social media page, so um, he put up a poll. I was like, "Ooh, that's a cool idea." And then just yeah, just for uh, the way I remember it, it just became a mainstay, and that was it. And we were like, "Okay, yeah, there it is. Yeah. We're doing polls." Well, and it's sort of it makes us listeners feel like part of the conversation, right? Because that's what I was going to say. Is I think the other thing that. That, that twigged with me when I started listening to this show was, okay, this is music critique, but mm-hmm. it's sort of just music critique is one part of it. Mainly it's entertainment. So I tune in for Van Halen. I stay for you two, right? I want to hear you two banter and have a little bit of back and forth and sort of have a little back and forth with the people online. I remember before any of those three met, I'd put a couple of things on Twitter and I got, you know, I got a bit of a kicking on a couple of things because I downvoted <laughs> some song or other. It's like, okay, this is great because they are actually reading this and they do want this feedback so like i said i think that community mm. that you built has probably i assume has sort of helped with the longevity of the show so i want to talk about that. Oh, I was looking sure. back through some of those early some of the early guests and i've been on the show three times this is my fourth time not as part of a panel there's one person who's, who's also had four do you know who it is is it mariano it's mariano yeah yeah. Uh, of course, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> so some of those early shows again. I mean, when you as soon as because I think episode thirty one was when I found you, you guys, and then I went back and started listening. And I, and I remember talking to Corey about it. Who is this John Mariano prick? He's a miserable <laughs> cuss. Like he complains about everything. It's like, but boy, if I had a always... nickel for every time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's always in character. He's yeah. sort of he's, he's yeah. this persona, which again just that really sort of was illuminating for me in terms of podcasting because you think oh as well as the content you can actually build a show or into. so like i said i think that that's what's special about the show and what the patrons enjoy what the lurkers enjoy and what we all sort of what we all like about it so any sort of specific like guests or memorable guest incidents or anything like that that you can that you want to bring up i know christy's been a guest twice <laughs> i assume he's just yep. over your left shoulder yeah she's been a guest twice maybe uh maybe thrice maybe if she wants to 
Um, oh, we were just mentioning uh, guests and how many times they've been on the show. You've been on oh. twice. Uh, yes, you have. Uh, <laughs> memorable shows, obviously. Um, and one more coming. One more coming. Yeah, one more. Yeah, exactly. There's one for sure come on the way. Um, yeah, and uh, just uh, <laughs> just because my brain's stuck on it, and uh, I I haven't talked to him in a while. But the horrible or the glorious realization when you realize that John Mariano, uh, him being on all the time, that's just who he is. It, that's just John. So. <laughs> yeah, take that for what it is. <laughs> he loves disturbing the shit. That's one of his favorite. He does, things. you know. Yeah. But we, uh, I don't know. We we seem to attract, uh, you know, pe- agents of chaos. A la Kevin Brown is here <laughs> conducting this interview, so you know, you know how it goes. Um, but that's just uh, that's just how we roll, man. And um, to to speak on the entertainment aspect of it, if if Corey and I weren't bantering back and forth and we were just only covering the songs and like nothing else, that would get so stale. That would just get really, really boring. And I think Corey and I can, we can talk it up with the best of them, but it's, it's just more fun when we get to just be ourselves and we get to just bullshit around and just sort of say what we want and then incorporate the actual like, Oh, why we're here. Um, but for sure, uh, people like yourself, Kevin, and uh, our lurkers here, everybody for sure keep. I, I enjoy when we get any guests on the show because it just tells me that, oh, look, people are enthusiastic uh, to be part of this thing that, you know, Corey and I just started on a whim. And uh, it, I don't know, it kind of uh, validates why we're here to me. And I like that. Well, and so you got like a couple of pretty big guests on fairly early doors too. Like you say, you talked about Eric Senich, who's been on multiple yeah. times on the different panels, but getting him on for Cabo Wabo on episode 25. And then you got Greg Renoff. So how was that? Because I know that, Corey, we've had conversations offline about you, you don't always love interviewing, which is why, and again, the genius of what you do is when you have a guest on, they go through the format of the show. You spin the wheel, you talk about the song, they don't get to pick, you know, they, it's just the same format. But getting someone like Greg Renoff on, was that a little bit, were you a little bit more nervous about that one? Or? But he's oh, so good 100%. at it. Like, Corey's so good at interviewing people. That's yeah. the thing. Like, even when he thinks he's he's terrible, like, no, you made it fun for them. Like, that's the thing, like, with getting Greg, with getting eric like they, they have fun when they come on here because i don't know Corey and i are not pricks for one yeah. thing uh <laughs> and you know that helps that goes a long way and i think i we also uh we we try to make it very very plain to all the listeners but incredible in, especially the guests who are of some you know notoriety like those two in particular like we're not experts on this band like you just understand that like we're just we're just fans if you listen to the show you know real quick like oh yeah these guys like they don't they don't know every uh little nook and cranny every single detail no we're just we're not those people that's why we have the guests come on and they've been very uh very gracious uh to join us eric has been on so many times at this point he's he's, like yourself he's an honorary member and that guy is if there's anybody who's you know the expert on van halen it's him and if if he can give us our blessing like or his blessing and uh, uh, every single time we have him on there, then it's good enough for me. But yeah, definitely but, those early days were nerve wracking and uh, uh, getting Greg on for sure was kind of kind of like, ooh, let's not let's not make asses of ourselves on this one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I was shitting bricks. And even before that, episode 11, we had uh, Chris L from Pot of Thunder. 
And I, I was so nervous about that one because we lifted their whole format. Yeah. And if anyone mm-hmm. who listens to Pot of Thunder knows uh, Chris L can be a little cantankerous uh, when it comes to things he doesn't like. Uh, ask him what he thinks about Bruce Fairburn, uh, for, for example. And he will go off about how he wants to piss on his grave and things like that. Uh, so I was I was nervous that I would say something stupid, and I did. I, I, I was talking about um, Alex Van Halen's reputation as a drummer, and I didn't voice it correctly because I was very nervous and I, I made it sound like I didn't think he was a very good drummer but I meant to say like rock journalists don't seem to give him enough credit as a very good drummer uh and, and he was good re- getting ready to rip me a new one until like I just said no oh, it's actually what I've read about Alex coming into this podcast <laughs> that, that 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 that's that opinion he's always been one of my favorite drummers of all time so I almost fucked that up really really bad but I was super nervous for that one and Greg Ronoff yeah because you know, we, we, I just read his book and we're on the call kind of before we hit record. He's talking about, you know, his interactions with all these people in the Van Halen sphere and all the Van Halen merch that he doesn't have room for. And Mark and I are like, you could send it our way. We'll take a little bit. <laughs> yeah. This is like, come but, on, send it. <laughs> but like, he, you know, written, I, I think, in my opinion, the best book about Van Halen that I've read so far. And um, to him at the end of the show, say that was a hell of a lot of fun. I'll come back on anytime you guys want was, was huge for me or even suggest other guests like, Hey, you should get so-and-so. Hey, you should get so-and-so. And I'll reach out to this person if you want. Like that was really, really cool. Yeah. Chris has been a great guest just because he just, he, he is the way he is and it just, it fits our mold so well. And, uh, and he just, it seems like he legit has a good time when he, when he's on a board on board and, uh, you know, as, Corey, Corey says he's just like so he, he can be cantankerous at uh, on at times, but not to us. Like not since not super on, cool. on this show at yeah. all. Yeah, it's super cool, super awesome, uh, uh, inter interactive, and that's that's great. That means that we're uh, we're doing okay. We're doing all right with what we're doing. And Plus, he's going to be on the live show Friday night. I think he said as long as his yeah. wife doesn't have anything planned for him, he had so much fun on the fair warning live show. Uh, for th- almost three hours, he's ready to come back for that's the Wounded Children yeah. show. So that that's pretty cool. When you've had four, I, I counted, you've got 42 different guests over wow. 67 episodes that have been guest episodes. And a lot wow. of those people, obviously, you've had people back and there's some pairs and you'll get panels and all this kind of stuff. So in terms of other people who've been on, um, who are some of the highlights that you've had? Like people you maybe you weren't expecting to be as good as they were or people who sort of surprised you with some of their opinions? Like, because I remember when, you know, Kelsey Van Halen was another one who just you sort of stumbled into the podcast, but became a, almost like an icon, or sort of a, a, like a, a mascot for the show, right? Yeah, she was a big surprise because she's a, a lot younger than me. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, she's younger than me too, so it's like yeah, so, I think she might be our, like our youngest guest, perhaps. Uh, I would, I would just, say, yeah, uh, something like that. And then, but even then, when she comes on, man, she just like she's ready to go, like she's ready to to talk some Van Halen, and she can she can do it if you give her the platform. She'll just go on and on and on, and that's and that's good energy that we you know feed off of because and then we have i have to anyway be on my a game like oh shit like kelsey's gonna take my job i guess because she's a way better host than i am uh, yeah, everybody but, loves uh, kelsey yeah. but yeah so like but that one was a little bit kind of uh i won't say nerve-wracking that was just uh, uh kelsey was was a surprise just because you know she's the younger uh, uh variety and you, you never know how these things are gonna do like Corey and i is like we're cool dudes. We're just here to talk about Van Halen. You know, don't, you know, we're not trying to put you on the spot of like, all right, name three songs, Kelsey, yeah. tell the world, you know, <laughs> things like, you're like, no, it's like you're, we're here to just talk about whatever we spin and let's just, let's just have a good time. And thankfully she's had a, she's had a good time and she's been a mainstay. So that's been uh, very, very cool. Uh, I mean, hell, 
I didn't know what to what to make of you, Kevin. And then <laughs> l- look at that. You've, you you have become like a mainstay on the show and you, you've contributed uh, so much like our merch store is, you know, you're doing. And uh, for the most part, you're doing you're doing. And uh, that's I mean, that's. That just tickles me, man. Every time, every time there's a, a new design or just <laughs> some little inside joke that's been made into a shirt, it's just like that's I love it. Um, but yeah, just I, I mean, everybody, I just I, I just kind of get really. Uh, I have moments of awe when I even think about like people like they want to be on the show, like just really they do, yeah. they want to come back. They like, are we doing okay? <laughs> like, are you, do they do they realize that we're not? Uh, we're just you know two schmoes just you know gabbing about van halen yeah we're just fucking around but uh (laughs) yeah so i just er honestly everybody everybody kind of stands out to me on that front i tell you i I, i've expressed this to you uh privately kevin uh what we did was we had so many people reaching out saying i want to be on the show and be our show and i didn't say no to anybody i'm like sure let's slot you in to the point we had a, a ginormous backlog of people reaching out wanting to be on the show and we've been very fortunate that every single guest has been good uh, I haven't mm-hmm. I haven't come off a show thinking oh man that sucked. I've come off thinking I've sucked, but I haven't come off thinking oh man the, the guest was wrong or the flow wasn't there. Yeah. Every single show has been great. There's been some standouts. You mentioned Kelsey, uh, Greg De Pasquale. Uh, we got him for how many say I? That was fucking great Ooh, because yeah. <laughs> and we we weren't on YouTube at that time, but the sing-alongs he was doing and the faces he was making was just hilarious. <laughs> uh, but one of my all-time favorites, uh, Sean and Todd McGinnity, like uh, they they just kind of reached out one day and mm-hmm. said, uh, "Hey, we almost did your show, uh, breaking down Van Halen, and and then you went and fucking did it and then did it probably better than we could have." Uh, so they started listening to their stuff, and I love their dynamic. And every time they come on the show, Sean and Todd, I, I hurt from laughing because uh it, it's always just a good time and usually those are the ones that we get the most hate mail on like oh you didn't get to the song until such and such a time song, or, oh, yeah you, yeah it's like i don't even fucking care because i had such a great time and now th- those guys are, are just two of my favorite people and they do one of my favorite podcasts of all time so uh the fact that we can meet people like you and sean and todd and scott haskin and uh, the Deep Purple Podcast Boys and the Pot of Thunder Boys and all these great uh, podcasters. Like when we got invited into the Deep Dive Podcast Network, so many great shows and so many cool people. Uh, that has yeah. been, you know, really, really surprising and really, really uh, welcome on my part. That's why it's been, uh, I, I say, every all of our guests really stand out to me just because uh, so many of them, uh, it doesn't stop at the, you know, once we start recording and then stop in the like, all right, that's the extent of our our working relationship now, or that's, you know, that's, that's it, you know, see a never, uh, no, it's like the conversations keep going. Like we keep, uh, we keep in touch. We follow each other on social medias. We, we, uh, you know, we repost, we interact and you know, like with yourself, with Sean and Todd, with, uh, with, uh, with Greg and just, and it's everybody it's just the conversations, they keep going and they just, they extend outside of the topic of this particular show. And we just, yeah. you know, we just talk about the things that we like and we just you know it's so it's it's kind of um brought a community within the community uh so to speak there's a there's a podcast will rock community yeah. um and you know you're part of it sean's part of it kelsey like uh, our lurkers obviously and it's just it's really weird to me to say that that we have like a little community within this little you know rock podcasting community but here we are but it's because, I mean, and I'll speak from, for myself as a, as a guest on the show, and I'm sure I'd echo the sentiments of other people here. The common denominator there is, yeah, all your guests are awesome, but it's because you guys are so welcoming 
and it's just so easy hanging out. It's just like hanging out with your friends talking about music. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. Right? So there's no pressure. You 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 guys are never snobby. You're not difficult to work with or be with. So that's all down to you. But you know, when you come on, you've had some episodes where you've had really memorable moments. And I remember Sean and Todd were on the the very famous play Splat and Bone, right? So you know all those <laughs> sort of designs and things. It comes up because all these weird things happen. So yeah. Alex Van Hyundai, that was another one that that, that stands out. <laughs> Uh, whatever happened to Heath Murphy? Like that, yeah. that, that yeah. whole thing is still like that was like our time... first live show, I think, right? Where you're like, and, and Heath Murphy's here. It's like, really? Yeah. Where? Like, who's Who like, the who's fuck Heath is Murphy? that? And I was like, oh, damn, it's McCoy. Yeah. Apologies <laughs> to Heath McCoy. But yeah, he's that's he's he's one of our favorites too, man. And he uh, he took that and just rolled with it just because I flubbed. But uh, yeah, that one stands out. Greg DiPasquale's episode just stands out just because, yeah, as Corey said, if, if, if only we had been recording on video that episode at the time, because just he was just losing his mind. He was so excited, so excited to be a guest on the show. And we were excited to have him. And we spun how many say I and that the fun just devolved into not fun. But we were laughing. I mean, we just like we have to laugh to stop from like crying or uh, spitting out angry expletives because, and, you know. And- <laughs> it wasn't He's laughing at, at at Eddie. Yeah, it wasn't laughing at the song. It was, it was no, more it was celebrating. Just, it was laughing C- at celebra- the absurdity of the situation yeah. because it's like, yeah. God, this this was the song we have to talk about. It's yeah. not everyone's favorite. It, at the time, it was our least favorite. Uh, the other one, I think, trumped it for me. But uh, but yeah, that one that that moment of the uh, wow, we finally spun a real real stinker, and boy, does it stink. <laughs> And unfortunately, we have a guest with us and this guest who was so excited to, to be on the show. And that's the song he got. And, and yeah, then just, uh, and, and then the then, second yeah. time he was on, he spun his second most hated song right. of all time by Van Halen. <laughs> Can't stop loving you from balance. And that was when I said, all right, fuck, we're going to do a mulligan and, and a mulligan. we're going to we're going to and we respun and we got something better. I think you got source of infection. I think it was the, the respin, I believe. Right. I think so. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, so that was the uh, the one. Actually, I think we've had two mulligans on the show, and that's only because one for me, one for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that Corey used his for poor Greg because he <laughs> he literally told us what he didn't want to land on, and he yep. landed on it. And I thought he was like, gonna cry, like he was just so <laughs> deflated, just, like oh, he was. Oh man, you could like uh, as a listener, you could hear the air go out of him. You could, oh man, this poor guy, like <laughs> oh. But the wheel is a fucker. We've established that. The wheel is not enough. Oh, my God. Yeah. Especially early. Like, it was all Dave. And it's like, man, is this going to be... Are we going to have, like, 40 Sammy songs to finish the podcast? Like, what's going on here? I mean, look, we're not 40, but probably, uh, like, the majority of the 29 or the 20, however many left. uh, Yeah. And I know uh, Scott Monroe pointed out the DLR cast. That was you use your mulligan on them because they spun oh, a Sammy right. tune. Yes. And it's like, how do we get the David Lee Roth guys on the show and spin a Sammy tune? Right. We got to spin a, a Dave tune. So, I mean, it was it was the it was, it was Pleasure good. Dome at first. That's right. Yeah, it I was. forgot about that. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. You you uh, you uh, you got away with that one. Uh, oh, and I was like, but, yeah, I had no problem with spinning and mulligan, and we're gonna get the Pleasure Dome. I, I don't hate it as much as people <laughs> think I do, but it, it'll be an interest, interesting. We'll see. Show. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Well, let's talk about preconceptions then, because obviously we all come into catalogs with those preconceptions. Mark, you and I were both, I think, more or less a real sort of hardcore Sammy guys, kind of like the David too, but not to the same extent. Yeah, yeah. It's really, uh, you know, sort of engendered a love of David Lee Roth in me as well that I didn't, I didn't think was ever going to be there. But how was your, how was your love of this band and the music this band has made over the years changed as the show has gone on? 
Um, what does that, you know, has it, has it changed at all? Is it pretty much the same? Or have you thought, actually, this is better than I thought. It's more diverse than I thought. What are your thoughts on that? For for me, just on a musicality level, uh, like I said, I, I've always loved Van Halen. I've always appreciated their music, but I was also very selective of the songs uh, at the time. This show has really kind of forced me to listen to all you know that's that's the point of the show we we're gonna go through all of the catalogs so there was a lot of uh blanks in the resume so to speak of like uh what what have i consumed in my brain enough from van halen and there there were many blanks so this show has uh informed me of okay we know you like that but listen to some of these deeper cuts some of these other uh tracks that you know didn't get airplay don't get talked about like listen to them and really explore uh their true musicality and i would i won't say uh my opinion has changed on them but it is definitely my my eyes have been and ears have been opened pretty greatly to uh just the I always knew Eddie Van Halen was a dynamic musician because you just, you don't play like that and, and you're not, you know what I mean? Uh, but I just, I guess I really never sat down to really think about and analyze the musicianship of everybody, especially I've mentioned this on the show so many times. I'll say it again. I, I didn't think Alex Van Halen was a terrible drummer, but I went into the show always with the belief and I had always heard it from like certain musicians in Nashville. Now I realize like, oh, you're just bitter. But <laughs> I was always under the belief that uh, Alex was just a meh drummer. It was like, yeah, yeah, Van Halen, like, they're great. But man, they could have been really, really great with a really explosive, awesome drummer. And that's, of course, my you know, naive brain because it's like, I'm not really listening, am I? This show forced me to do that yeah. um, in a good way like forced me to really listen and i over time and i've you know, like i said i've told i've mentioned how much like i love alex van halen's playing like he he is not a mad drummer at all absolutely not to the contrary he is an astounding drummer uh to do the things that he is able to do and the brilliance of him is you don't even realize it you don't even realize the little yeah. subtle nuances he's putting into drumming and that's hard to do and that's hard to convey to uh music fans that are not in tune with drumming you know what i mean like uh drummers are obviously going to be impressed because they know they're already in it i'm impressed with guitar players i play guitar so it's like i know i know what it takes vocalist same way and and all that um but now, you know, and over the years, really developing my my ear for drumming and this show really just sort of kind of uh, uh, shattered the glass of like, ah, you think he's a man drummer? Let's shatter the glass and show you the <laughs> truth underneath of it. And it's like, no, 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 this guy's incredible. So um, in that regard, it's uh, really expanded my um let's say musical respect if it was if it could be any higher it certainly is awesome and for me uh i got a greater appreciation for uh albums like a different kind of truth and oh you ain't one too which were albums i think initially i just kind of like eh, they're 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 fine i didn't pay much mind to but now that you're you're digging into them you're listening to them with a the fresh head ears like oh that's actually really cool oh that's really good and then black and blue that's a fucking great song what are you talking about that's on oh you eight one two that's amazing we haven't done that song yet i guess i just tipped my hand right uh, yeah on that I mean, one same yeah the the like 
I've got a, such a high appreciation for fair warning now that I never had in the past. Uh, even uh, women and children first, you know, not to tip my hand. I'm just saying like, I appreciate, I don't, I don't love it uh, probably as much as other albums, obviously, but I appreciate the musicianship that has gone into it. And it's because we've listened to it like front to back and, you know, we've analyzed it, we've talked about it. So uh, yeah, just a, like Corey said, deeper appreciation for the albums. When that was so looking through, because we're going to get into it in a little bit here, the, the t- your top tens that I asked you to put together of the songs that you've covered so far uh-huh. were a couple of songs in either side. I thought, you know, I don't know if if Mark picks those two those two songs before this podcast. Like if you ask if you ask Mark before the podcast, what are your top ten? I bet it doesn't look like this. And I bet similarly, Corey, there's a couple on there. It's like I don't know that I would have. I don't think I would have necessarily guessed that when I thought he might go this way, right? So I think that's it shows that when you do dive headfirst into an artist's catalog, even one that you know, your appreciation mm-hmm. of it just it just increases, right? Oh yeah, I can confirm there are probably four songs on the list that I gave you that if you had asked me. Uh, prior to the show, would not have made the list. Yeah, there, there's two on my, or three on mine uh, for sure that may have not have made the list. But after we did them, uh, mm-hmm. or d- did them on the show, that absolutely made my list. So yeah, I agree with you on that one. Awesome. Well, let's get into some. Uh, I, I gave you ten questions. I got my little, t- and I, do- I adopted this yes. and pulled this from my Tom Petty Project podcast. And I always ask my guests, which is a that. great show, by the way. Everyone should listen to the Tom Petty Project. Fantastic show. How you podcast by yourself and make it that entertaining <laughs> is beyond me. I'll never be able to do that in my lifetime. And I just admire you so much for it. Well, thank you, sir. Um, okay, so I'll, I'll I'll start with Mark, and I'll, go, okay. and I'll, I'll I'll alternate on each question. But Mark, favorite Van Halen album? It's the, it's the arm up the back. The worst question for any fan of a band. If you have to pick only one album, which one are you going with? Fuck. Oh. No hesitation, straight in. <laughs> I would have guessed it, and I think pretty much all the patrons and lurkers would have as well, but good to have it confirmed. Corey, what's yours? Yeah. Mine's Van Halen too. And I, I, I know you can make arguments it's not the best Van Halen album. It's my personal favorite. Yeah. This is the album where every single Same. song, even yeah. the the instrumental, is one of my absolute favorite instrumentals uh, on in, in Van Halen's catalog. I love every single track on that. One of my all-time favorite Van Halen tunes, actually two, are on that record. So uh, to me, it's Van Halen 2. Uh, I know Van Halen 1's a better record. I know Fair Warning technically is a better record. Uh, and if I was picking a Sammy record, it'd be fuck. Uh, same as Mark, mm. because uh, I just remember 1991 and, and getting that record and just falling in love with it, even though it had Spanked on it. And everybody uh, is kind of picking out uh, my, my problems is with, with Pleasure Dome. It's cool music with dopey lyrics and dopey delivery. That's, spoiler alert, that's pretty much exactly how I feel uh, on, on, on that one. But uh, for me, just top to bottom, I could put it on, love every single track, it's Van Halen too. And I, I can do that with almost every Van Halen record. Uh, like we're going through Women and Children right now. And for that record, for me, it's solid, front to back. But nothing really jumps out as being fantastic right whereas dance the night away uh out of love again uh somebody get me a doctor there's so many tracks on van halen 2 that i just love 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 that for me it's my personal favorite Mm -hmm. i didn't have this this isn't a question on my list but do you remember which album you heard first each of you Mine was 1984 because I was uh, I was 10 years old, and uh, we had much music back then. We didn't have MTV, or we might have had MTV on a satellite dish. I can't remember, but Jump, that video was everywhere in 1984, yeah. and then Panama, and then Hot for Teacher. So that became the album. That was the first Van Halen record I ever got, 
and and then I you know fifty one fifty came out and I'm like eh, it's not the same guy so I went back and that's when I got Women and Children and Diver Down and Fair Warning and One and Two, uh, but for me it was nineteen eighty four and then I the lot and then I kind of fell off Van Halen a little bit until for unlawful and that one brought me all the way back and that's when i'm like i gotta pick up 5150 and i gotta you know pick up uh ou812 and yeah you know that was the album that really got me back into him oh jeff you're see jeff, jeff was crying about how he's always right you're <laughs> fucking wrong on spanish yeah, you're, you're, you're just very fucking wrong. wrong jeff yeah jeff says unbelievably no. wrong yeah no you're wrong yeah, <laughs> yeah. um in its entirety the first album i remember listening to of van halen was for unlawful carnal knowledge um which explains i mean that's that's why it's my personal favorite really because yeah. that's the album that the first van halen album that i actually like from f- start to finish if you don't count the best of volume one which technically i don't yeah. uh because that's like it's a compilation um but it was that that compilation was influential to me sure but in terms of a van halen uh full-length album what i listened to in its entirety uh it was for unlawful and it goes to, to what you said earlier, though, Corey, right, about because this catalog, it's not all gold. There's some weird stuff in there. The, the albums are all each very different. I mean, one and two, are, you know, they share sort of a, a similarity, but they're very sure. different yeah. albums. So it just it's going to mm-hmm. connect with different people in different ways. And that's the beauty of Van Halen. It's why we all love them and why we all still talk about them. You know, even though they've not been a, a recording concern for many, many years, we still love the, talking about them. So yeah. the big question, number two, Dave or Sammy? As, as 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 a solo artist though so i'm not going to put because we all know that we all love it so as a, who do you prefer as a solo artist dave or sammy uh so Is that's it my you turn first your turn first Corey, yeah. i gotta go dave i really like his solo catalog like eat him and smile skyscraper and a little late enough i love those records so damn much i haven't listened to the ones past a little late enough so much um but i remember getting a little late enough and listening to sensible shoes and thinking for some reason i like this i don't know why but it fucking rocks or eat him and smile in ladies night in buffalo and i'm like i like this like it had such a great fucking band on eat him and smile right and or just like paradise off skyscraper sammy is, is a really cool solo artist i like but i didn't really pick up a sammy record i got my first ever sammy solo record for my birthday this year and I got VOA. Uh, so I haven't really listened to a ton of his catalog. I listened to Fast Times, Ridgemont High. Uh, the winner takes it all from over the top because I'm a big movie guy. Uh, but I did listen, you know, outside of I Can't Drive 55. But uh, I had all the, the the Dave solo records up to a little later enough. So I got to go Dave on that one. Okay, Mark. It's fair, and it, it might surprise you. Uh, I really, really love uh, a lot of Dave's solo stuff. Um, I do. Um, but when you ask me who's the better front Van Halen front man in their solo career, it's unquestionably Sammy just in the turn. Just, I think he, uh, you know, say what you will about his time in Van Halen writing songs, but I think his solo songwriting just was just top notch. And he just, you know, he's the better musician all, you know, just if we're just going to speak technically here. Um, and, uh, he just i don't know it just it felt more anything i hear from sammy solo feels more authentic whereas a lot of uh dave stuff just sort of sounds a little like hijinks and like i'm all show very little substance we know that's not accurate but that's just that's just the vibe i get from a lot of his uh solo stuff don't get me wrong i enjoy it but you know, if I'm enjoying it, like, uh, oh, I don't have, to, I can just like listen to this and la da 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 go go about my day. But you know, whereas 
Sammy's going to write like a rocking tune. Like I'm going to sit down and listen to it and go like, what, what are you saying, Sammy? What, what are you saying? Not always is he saying something uh, that's coherent, but I mean, like he's, but he's saying, and he's saying it very well. Um, and so for me, the, the final uh, question comes from which one of these dudes survives on their own the best without Van Halen's crutch. And it's yeah, Sammy. I, I, I don't disagree with that. And my big thing yeah. was I haven't heard a lot of Sammy solo, uh, oh, which if, yeah. if we go past this wheel and do some more Sammy stuff, uh, I, I might side with you. I've just heard more Dave and he has some of my, my, my favorite tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's also, there's a, there's a volume issue here, right? Cause Yo, I, was having with, I was having a conversation yeah. with someone on, on Twitter about this. So Dave's got six solo albums. Sammy's got 20. Plus yeah. two with Montrose, plus two with Chicken Foot. You know what I mean? So, so there's that side of it. But what I was talking about on Twitter with this guy was, and I, I probably am wrong on this. It always struck me that Sammy's more of a music guy, if, if you know what mm -hmm. I mean. So Sammy, you, you get the idea that Sammy would play music if he was a high school janitor, if he was playing to one person in a pub. If he was, he's always going to write songs. He's always going to play songs. Oh, yeah. David Lee Roth, to me, is more around the edges of that, and he likes the limelight and the spotlight more. That was always yeah. my sense of it. Now, someone pointed out that Dave's a, you know an encyclopedic knowledge of certain types of music, and he loves you know all the music hall stuff and this kind of you know this kind of business. But that to me is always thing. Sammy's a working musician. Sammy Hagar, if he wasn't famous, would still be playing hundred gigs a year, right? That's just it's just in his bones, and that's that's the difference for me. And that's why I would always tend to drift over to mm. Sammy's also. Yeah. But it's something to be said, though, like if we utilize that mindset too, it, it, there is something to be said about Dave. Dave, if if Sammy's the kind of guy that would be playing like, you know, bar gigs till he's, you know, a thousand years old, he's close, but he's not. But I mean, <laughs> by the time he's a thousand years old, uh, just playing them, you know, whatever, if he if he didn't become Sammy Hagar, whereas Dave is more like, I'm not going to waste my time and energy doing that unless I know I'm going to be like, uh, you know, on the big stage, I'm going to be in the spotlight. Like I'm not going to give them my, uh, my superhero self until, you know, unless, uh, there is, if the money is right. And, uh, you know, if the audience is there, so it's like, is he the smarter one in that regard? Or is he just like, is he more clever in that regard? Or is it, or, uh, is it, do they just approach music in uh, different ways? And I think all the answers are, yes and you know uh ryan sums up great music seems to be a means to an end for dave and i agree with that i've just heard yeah. and enjoyed yeah. more dave solo uh i'm looking forward to digging more into sammy he is by far the better musician better songwriter all that stuff dave's about the show that's why he does covers of california girls and things like that right he's all about right uh, I, I was watching a clip again of, of when they were on the ellen show uh van halen and just a big shit-eating grin on his face. He looked like a fucking idiot wearing a suit, <laughs> uh, jump, jumping around. And it didn't matter that he couldn't sing a lick. He was all about the show. He's all about the flash, right? Sammy, definitely a better musician. And I would imagine absolutely a better solo artist. Uh, just uh, this question right now, from what I've heard, uh, uh, I, I got a soft spot for Dave. But if we ever get into a, a Sammy wheel, uh, I, I could see that opinion uh, changing rather quickly. And Scott says, uh, in another multiverse, Dave Lee Roth is an Academy Award winning film star. 100% correct. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. actually very true. I can see that. Yeah. Or a serial killer. Anything to get on the front pages of the paper, right? No. That's right. Yeah. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? Okay, question three um, to you first, Mark. If you could join okay. Van Halen, and we're, we're going to say any era of Van Halen, so you can pick your ear as mm -hmm. well. We've got, we've got the DeLorean primed up. It's ready to go back in time. You can join Van Halen on stage for one song, 
what would it be and would you sing and or play <laughs> there's no chance i'm playing with Halen on stage. <laughs> not a chance you can call me a bitch or a pussy all you want like <laughs> nope not a chance however however uh it's gotta be ain't talking about love that I, I I just push Dave away like I got this man you can go sit down or do a bump whatever you gotta do I got this here we go ain't talking about love and it you know I would have to you know the era of not quite eighty four but like uh, uh probably when they were still riding pretty high off of you know the the first couple of albums uh that era I think yeah. just when they're at their prime you know and they're just like moving and moving and moving and they're like everything's a party everything's fun and they're just playing at the their top tier level that's that's the area and so you can forgive dave a little bit for some of that too because who wouldn't want to front that you know with that true for racket yeah, going on behind you wouldn't want to be involved in the show there you know mm -hmm. Corey. but uh yeah sing <laughs> all you have to do is shout hey 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 on the outro <laughs> absolutely scott good call uh for me uh be because i'm a hobbyist drummer and i love alex van halen not that i could play anything even close to alex van halen but one of the the most fun songs i've ever played on drums is panama and i'm thinking if i ever got to go on stage with van halen and play panama on the drums holy fuck would that be great like it's such a fun song to play it's not their technically most proficient it's not the hardest you know try and actually get the beginning of hot for teacher on the drums i remember when i set up my drum kit i brought a, a friend over who's been playing drums for 20 years and he hadn't heard hot for teacher for some reason i played him the intro and he said well that's just impossible and I, I had to laugh because it, it kind of is like that's how good Alex Van Halen is. But man, if I could get on stage, uh, like Josh Fries at, at the uh, uh, you know Foo Fighter tribute concerts there and play Panama uh, with, with like uh, Wolfie and all those guys, man, would that be fucking fun? I would love to play Panama with anybody. Well, you never know. Yeah. Maybe you know if if the, if the tribute to Eddie Van Halen ever does come to fruition, you know the, I'm ready. The podcast will rock. That the patrons will. I got get my it. sticks. We'll get, we'll get a petition going. You know, but there you the go. podcast has to be there, and maybe you can jump. I will yeah, fuck it up. There. I will fuck it up, but I will have a big grin on my face. To, I'll look like Dave on the Ellen Show. Just uh, I tell you, like an there, um, it's not Van Halen, but there is a there is a touring band that does play uh, songs of that era quite uh, frequently, and they do on occasion bring up uh, you know people to guest play uh, yeah. on particular songs, and that band is called Steel Panther. And uh, I would not, I haven't heard them do it, but I'm pretty sure Panama's probably in their repertoire somewhere in there. Um, Have to be. And I'm not, and I'm not saying uh, I know the band. I'm just, and I'm not definitely not saying that I know someone who absolutely knows the band. I'm just saying that there's, you know, you never say never, Corey. Never say never. <laughs> They're playing Saskatchewan, I think, uh, this fall sometime, Kev. So yeah, Hell yeah. we have to go. Go to that they show. It's so fun. And they have done Panama 52 times. Oh, there shit. You go. Well, there you are. <laughs> Look, if they can bring up Jeremy Piven to play Back in Black on drums, and he's like, he's playing it, but I mean, he's not playing it well, but it still went off for a well, you're good. You're fine. Yeah. Well, it works for Tommy Lee and Motley Crue, right? You just play the tracks. It's fine. Just, just wave your arms around. It'll be good. <laughs> yeah. Look, in defense of Tommy Lee, there is no Which defense. No I'm going to stop said. you right there. <laughs> no, I was just going to say it's really difficult to play drums with, you know, that third arm. But, uh, oh, thank you, love. Ooh, that's a big one. Oh, nice. <laughs> giant beer. That's what she said. <laughs> okay. Number four, Corey. 
Who would be your dream opening act at Van Halen show? I went Ooh. Mammoth WVH. I mean, yeah. uh, how great would it be to see Wolfie open for his old man? Uh, like a reunited Van Halen with Wolfie opening. And I just, I'm really getting into uh, Van or Mammoth 2 right now. Uh, th- that's been on my turntable for like the last two weeks. I love that record. I absolutely love the first one. I would love to see Wolfie uh, open uh, for Van Halen. I'm going to see him open for Metallica next August. But to me, that, that would be the ultimate opening act. Well, and you get that cross relationship be because he, he, well, he would definitely come out because he, he could definitely come out and join Van Halen, right? You could have, you mm. could have him. Yeah. Uh, what about this? Both of them playing bass. Get two play, two cool. bass players in, oh, in Van yeah. Halen. That would be amazing. Mark. Absolutely. Uh, is this like any era of Van Halen? I missed that. Any part. era? Yeah, we've got time trouble. Who would I like? Any to, era? Yeah. Who would I like to see them open up or open up for him? Uh, oof. Oh God. Part of me, part of me wants to name like some like ridiculous metal band that would like never, would never <laughs> play that shit just because the the styles are so different. But maybe, uh, I would like to fuck it. I'm gonna say it. Uh, I would like to see Sleep Token open up for Van Halen. Pick up, pick an era. I know that sounds. That sounds. Christy's yeah. She's like Christy's like about? what? Like, no. <laughs> I know. I don't even like, know that fucking just, band. Never heard of him. Uh, you haven't? Okay. Well, you both are in it for a treat later at some at some point. Uh, give that band a whirl and see if you can remotely figure out what they are. Because I won't tell you that they're metal. I won't tell you that they're soul. And I won't tell you that they're a bit of like uh, British trip hop. But I'm not saying they're not all of those things and more. Um, wow. They're a very odd band. But, but oh, my God. But they're taking the world by storm right now. Um, and... Would they fit a Van Halen mold? Absolutely not. But I think <laughs> you would you would never forget that live show. Ne- you'd never forget. Even if you had never heard of either one of those bands, you're going to be talking about it later. You're either going to be talking about Sleep Token and the whole gimmick of them and trying to figure out, like, what the hell was that? And, yeah. Or you're going to be talking about, holy shit, Van Halen. Like, that show was, was amazing because it's Van Halen. You know, pick an era. Um, either way, you're not forgetting that show. So... Is it ridiculous? Yes, but I'm sticking with it. I don't think it's any more ridiculous, though, than some of the, the bills that Van Halen were on in the early days. Like, you look at, you know, when Van Halen's on the same bill as Jim Crochet, or they're on the same bill as Boston, they're opening right. for Boston, which, you know, okay, Boston's a oh. rock act, but they're nothing like Van Halen. So, no, yeah, I, think, but, I think that totally, yeah. that totally works. So, so there, yeah, see, there you go. I, so, I don't, I don't feel too, too ridiculous, just that <laughs> one is of a particular era, and the other is of today. <laughs> yeah. God bless, God bless Ryan Powell. How about Cool in the Gang? <laughs> cool in the Gang. <laughs> that hey, would be that, that would, awesome. That would never that happen. Would be a oh, wait. Show. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Mark. Yes. Who is your favorite band member not named Eddie Van Halen? David Lee Roth. Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony, yeah, okay, good. Michael Anthony. Why? Well, for one, I, uh, and I've mentioned this on several different shows, uh, several different uh, songs that we've covered. He is the, uh, pardon the pun, the unsung hero of many a uh, Van Halen track, whether it's just con- contributing the uh, the high harmonies, which you can always count on, or yeah. it's just it's what he's doing on bass, which you're you're everyone so busy listening to what Eddie's doing. Uh, for some, you're listening to what Alex is doing, and for most, you're listening to whatever Sammy or Dave are doing, and that's really what you're listening to Van Halen for. Very few people 
except for like you know the hardcore basis of obviously but i mean very few people are really tuning in to that low end and what michael is doing and there are times where michael's doing a lot and i it's it's kind of the show has also unfortunately opened my eyes to some of the some of the negatives that uh you know go along with uh, van halen's journey and a lot of that negative points at the the treatment of michael yeah and so i don't know i just i feel terrible about that because as far as i can tell he didn't deserve any sort of like harsh treatment or negative feelings but he just went out there and did his job and had fun with it you can argue the semantics of what what he contributed actually to the writing process or whatever but at the end of the day the man's a performer the man's a workhorse. He's been doing this for a long time and man, can he play and man, can he carry a tune when you let him? So, uh, just for that, just, and he's just always consistently awesome, at least for me. So Michael Anthony, it's such a weird non secretary, the whole idea that we didn't contribute to creatively to the songs. There's right. tons of people who didn't in bands who didn't create create contribute creatively and are in, mm. integral parts of that band. Like there's a lot, I mean, every single, Correct. I mean, Jesus, I don't know. Like, now, now I'm trying to struggle because all my favorite bands do have multiple. But like um, Ron Blair in Tom Penning the Heartbreakers, bass player, never wrote a note, right? But yeah. take yeah. it out, and it's not the, it's not the same, right? And I think you know, having right. seen, I'm lucky enough to see Van Halen, Michael Anthony blew me away, like absolutely was. I mean, Sammy was phenomenal, jumping around all over the place. Eddie had his samurai thing, and he was a bit weird, but super <laughs> cool. It's fucking Eddie Van Halen. Alex was doing yeah, it. Yeah. It was Michael Anthony. I was I, I was riveted by Michael Anthony. He was the one I was watching, thinking, "Fuck me, this guy's a performer." This guy knows yeah. how to work a crowd. He's playing, I mean, th- those 16th that he plays on Pound Cake, all the, it, it's, it, he's a great player. I don't give all that whole thing, but Mike Lansing can't play bullshit. So yeah, yeah no, I'm he's, totally on board with that. Mm. And I would say too that I would probably, Mike and probably Al, are the only people who really never get any stick on this show. Realistically, right, I mean, right. you know, like you said, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of love th- thrown to those two because they're rock solid. Corey. How about you? Who's your uh, who's your favorite member? (laughs) Well, and I I knew uh, I'm pretty sure Mark would go with 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 Mike, and uh, it's Mm -hmm. funny because I'm reading uh, Steve Rosen's book Tone Chaser, and as far back as Van Halen too, Eddie was bitching about Mike, and like oh I I hate his tone, and oh you know in the monitor all I hear is is Alex, and so uh, I went with Alex. I don't think Alex get as much credit with this band as he deserves because Eddie even says in in an interview in that book that you know dave's the lyric guy and and eddie's kind of everything else but everything he does funnels through alex and alex is very much part of melody and and part of bridging what dave does and what eddie does and brings them together that was alex's role Mm -hmm. so uh when i originally when we originally started this podcast i thought well what the fuck did did alex do to earn songwriting credits (laughs) because of course 1984 you know they they got rid of mikey's sound uh or songwriting credits his publishing rights i'm like well yeah what did mike you know what did alex do and now i know so much more than i did back then he actually did a a a lot uh when it came to the songwriting he didn't write the melodies he obviously didn't help with guitars, obviously, or bass, and he didn't help with lyrics, but he was that bridge between Dave and Eddie and to, to bring mm-hmm. those songs together. And the other uh, really enlightening thing for me was listening to Eddie's solos and what Alex did underneath. And every once in a while, he'd throw in just a little thing, <laughs> just a little roll or just a little thing like, hey, little brother, I'm here too. 
like, yeah. it's a cool little thing and he does it on so many songs I'm like that is so fucking wicked that he has a virtuoso brother but it's like hey you know what i'm here too and i'm gonna throw this in here and i'm gonna make your solo fucking better and he did that a lot uh top five rock and roll drummer for me alex van halen 100 and an unsung hero uh in van halen although i do agree with mark as well mikey is is pretty fucking cool I'm gonna here's here's a statement, and I'll I'll see what you guys think of this. I don't think that Alex and you know Alex hasn't played since Van Halen. Um, I don't think Alex Van Halen or Eddie Van Halen could have been in a band without the other. I, they could have been, but it wouldn't. I don't think it would have worked because wouldn't I think they were, they, they were the perfect sort of counterpoint to each other, right? Where they they sort yeah. of needed each other. Yeah. That relationship yep. was so symbiotic that you take one out, and what are you left with? You know, hundred percent agree. And you've listened to the Starfleet stuff, right? Yeah, uh, you you have that whole box set, right? Eddie's obviously great on it. Would it have been better with Alex playing along? I think so. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, I mean, as you say, like the two of them just knew each other's musical sensibilities. You know, that you know, they're brothers, so yeah. they you know, sharing a passion that just it just naturally comes together that way, and they, they both, I would say, elevate one another. Mm-hmm. You take one out. They could, st- I mean, they could still thrive, but I not necessarily. I don't think as well. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, yeah. I just uh. It doesn't diminish their ability as musicians whatsoever. It just means that there's chemistry, and you don't mess with that. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and I mean the Starfleet project, Corey. You know, of course, Brian May. That's a jam, though. That's not a band, right? There was no intention of that yeah. ever being a band. They weren't really, really sure whether they should record it. They just did, right? Um. But yeah. Okay. So. Corey, if you could go to see any Van, Van Halen concert from history, which one would you go to and why? Oh, man, I had a hard time with this one, but I, <laughs> I kind of went with my heart. And the second live album I ever owned was live right here, right now. So I would pick that Fresno show or shows that they recorded live right here, right now, because I love that live album so much. My first ever live album was Poison, Swallow This Live, which I think came out in like 91, 92, uh, because that was the first ever concert I went to was Poison in the Agrodome in Regina, Saskatchewan with Don Dawkin, not Dawkin, Don fucking Dawkin, <laughs> opening for him because they just kicked Warrant off the tour. So I had a cranky old Don Dawkin bitching about how much he hates MTV, how much he hates Poison, and how much he hates Canada. It's like, why the, why the oh, fuck am I here? The, this guy sucks, but Poison put on a decent show. But I remember getting live right here right now and playing the fuck out of it. I, I could have picked uh, the show from Live Without a Net. I could have picked uh, any number uh, of, of Dave shows from the you know 84 tour. Uh, you know, there's so many uh, classic gigs. But for me personally, I listen to Live Right Here Right Now so many times. I would have loved to have been at that Fresno show. Well, and that, that's the one where Sammy does that version of Eagles Fly that I think I said on the oh, on the live yeah. stream that it I, of any concert in history, that's one of the songs that I want I would have loved to have seen live because it was just that good. His his vocal in that performance was insane. I was just off really, the chart. Yeah. Uh, Mark, how about you? What's your show? It's literally that that reason why. Yeah, I choose the Fresno show as well, just because just for the, I mean, obviously the rest of it as well but i mean that's that is the one kind of like Corey. that's the one i've heard the most in terms of like their live recordings uh it's that one and yeah it's just that i mean come on sammy sounds so damn good oh my he god he sounds so dang i mean the whole band does but it's just like uh i if if you told me that was the only uh live record that they ever you know did ever put out i mean like good because i don't want to hear anything else because yeah. I, I don't want any sort of like anything to taint uh uh 
what I have, what my view on this particular uh, live album. So yeah, just it's just so good. It's just so good. There's there's no point denying it. Although I did like uh, Ryan Powell's little answer he put there: uh, "Red Rock steering a blizzard." Uh, the yeah, Alistair, yeah, <laughs> like holy uh, and, shit, yeah. Live right here, right now is one of my. <laughs> It has one of my favorite live album moments where they start playing the beginning to Won't Get Fooled Again, and Sammy goes, this is The Who. Like, nobody in the fucking world knows Won't Get Fooled Again was by The Who. <laughs> oh, my uh, you, you would be surprised how many people probably <laughs> didn't know that until he shouted it out, like, oh, okay. Like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> well, when he did the live album, too, I think, that, again, I, I, I promise... For, especially for the lurkers, this is the only time on this podcast I'm going to, I'm going to rag on David Lee Roth. But that performance <laughs> of Eagles Fly, that's the difference between a real singer and a, a, the front man of a band. David Lee Roth cannot do that. He can't get a guitar and sing that song the way he did it and still be able to have, you know, however many, 20,000, 25,000 people in the palm of his hand. That's the difference for me. That, and that's sort of one of those high watermarks in, in terms of if you can stand on stage in front of that many people with just an acoustic guitar and rock the fuck out of it, that takes a bit of skill and a bit of talent. Anyway. Oh, yeah, it, it takes a lot. Now, Dave could have found another way to uh, keep the audience in his hand, like uh, not doing that, like if he just took the stage and just grinned like an idiot and was like, <laughs> what's up, motherfucker? Or like, whatever. Like, whoa, wow. Like, he is fucked up, but I'm here for it. But but you're right, though, in terms of, like, hand him a guitar, stage is yours, take it. I Yeah, I think he loses the audience immediately. Yeah. Um, Who would have been your pick to replace Sammy rather than Gary Sharon? So apologies to Gary, which is, of course, one of the brilliant catchphrases that have been spawned from this wonderful show. But if you were picking, who would you put in front of Van Halen? Oh my God. That's a great question. Cause now you have to factor in who was active during that time. Yep. And well, let's, who... let's, 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 no, let's apply global rules again. Let's say that it's, it's any point in history. We'll, we'll do the time machine thing and we, we can displace people. You know what? If you want like, you know, I don't know, some singer from the 20, the roaring twenties, you can have him. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know why this isn't my answer, but for whatever reason, uh, Jeff Tate pops in my brain and that's just hilarious to even think about the singer of Queens, singing Van Halen songs, uh, or former singer of Queens, I should say. Uh, so not, no, not him, but I just, the visual of that makes me laugh. Um, I don't know his name. Uh, Please fact check me on this one, uh, and I apologize to him, but I always, not so much these days anymore, but in their prime, uh, the cult singer was so damn oh, good. okay. Yes, thank you, thank you. So damn good. Uh, like, I love, I love that the early cult stuff, man, and just, uh, like, Firewoman's like the theme song I sing to that one over there and uh it's just like that whole uh, just there's they used to be so good I, unfortunately Ian can't oh, sing that way anymore he can still sing and he still does but it's you know they have to take the uh the key down a little bit because he just he just can't hit those notes anymore hey, man, it's Sammy unfortunate Sammy has to tune down I mean that's just a problem yeah Sammy's got to do it I mean yeah the guy right so <laughs> <laughs> that's true yeah age comes into it and then whatever but I mean it's still it's still you know you just kind of go like yeah but man in their heyday so uh 
I think uh, because if I if I say Bruce Dickinson or Rob Halford, that sounds like kind of a cheat. And honestly, I just don't really see it with those two. I don't know why I see it with uh, Ian from the cult more. But uh, I just I think with his vocal sensibility, the way uh, Dave sounds and the way Sammy sounds like, I don't know. I think that would have been a real interesting dynamic if he hadn't already done it. I might have already said Gary Sharon, but we saw what happened there so <laughs> Apologies so yeah I'll just so yeah i'll say i'll say ian from the cult really cool that's i, I like that i didn't i mean I, someone i wouldn't have thought of in a million years but now you've mm. said it i kind of want to hear that now now you want to hear, hear what that sound, <laughs> would sound like yeah how about you Corey? what do you got you know what? I, I picked uh two a male and a female because i was pretty sure mark would take my number one and he didn't but my number one was chris cornell very interesting okay one of the best vocalists wow. uh, in, in rock yeah. and roll, right? Like, oh, hands down, yeah. He could do everything. He could do the Dave stuff. He could do the blues stuff. He could do the Sammy stuff. Uh, he would have knocked it out of the park. Uh, and, and my female uh, vote would have went to somebody who actually kind of auditioned for the role before they hired Gary, and that's Canadian songstress Sass Jordan. Uh, she actually what? jammed. Yeah, Alex Van Halen called her up. Uh, I was just reading an interview with her and invited her down to 5150. And she did like a week of just jamming with the boys. And at one point, her manager's like, they're auditioning you to be their singer. Sick. Fuck no. A woman can't front Van Halen. But Sass Jordan, like she has got wow. the pipes. She, she's she got the rock voice uh, to, to cover uh, both eras. And I think she would knock it out of the fucking park. So here's a little I, thumbs up for Canada and for women. Sass Jordan would have been a great nice. fucking uh, front woman for Van Halen. I also have a uh, a woman vocalist to throw in the mix as my uh, as my number two as well, Taylor Dane. Oh, that's a good oh, one. Oh, now there's a name I can see that in at least yeah. three. You want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about some pipes? Like people for people forgot about Taylor Dane, and I'm here to tell you, go back and remember because Taylor Dane can throw <laughs> down, dude. No shit. Dude, she yeah. was Patty yeah. Smythe. She was a would have been a good one. Patty too. Smythe would have been cool. I could yeah. I, I could see that actually. Uh, Jeff Scott Soto, uh, I I think pretty good vocalist. Ah, he would have yeah. fit right in. Yeah. Okay, can I get? I'm, I'm not going to do. I, I haven't done this. On, I haven't sort of answered the question myself yet. I don't think to this point, but I'm no, you haven't. See what you think, Rod Stewart. I would have fucking like it. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that would have been cool. Like faces yeah. here, faces yeah. here, Rod Stewart. Faces here, Rod Stewart, especially the Dave stuff. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, he's got the range. He's got the swagger. Okay. He's, I, I don't know. Man. I think it'd be pretty fucking. Maybe, rough. maybe if he I don't did know. Tom says yikes. I don't know if that's. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he did specifically like Dave era. Uh, yeah, the Sammy uh, stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I, like, I don't know if Rod could do the Sammy era. Oh, he could. You think so? Can you see Rod Stewart singing dreams? Yeah, no, dude, like, but I can got, see. Oh boy, that guy's got range, mate. You don't think it is? List, go try and list, Go try and sing. Um, stay with me by faces. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, this is easy. This is easy. This is easy. Oh wait, where's he going? He's still going up. He's still. Oh shit! Like for oh. me, it's like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm glad I forgot about Taylor Dane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. You anyway. are. You are. You are mistaken, Tom. You are mistaken. Like Taylor Dane was a beast, man. That's that's. You got a hell of a voice. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, go so. go seek out some Sass Jordan, fucking that chicken rock. Sass and I was Jordan. telling Kevin, right. uh, she's going to be playing about an hour away from me with Trooper and the Northern Pikes uh, in November. I'm going to go check out that show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, you got CJ. Wait, wait, wait. So Rod Stewart doing the the Dave era, they kick him out, and then for the Sammy era, they bring in Ronnie James Dio. 
Put a little, hey, put a little more love devil it. in the mix. It's you know, if we're if we're talking older singers, one guy I thought of was uh, Paul Rogers. You know, he did it for Queen. Uh, he yeah. could cover uh, both eras of Van Halen, I think, really, really well. And that be... is actually not bad. That's not, that's and not you, a bad. Choice. And then yeah. if they do what Queen did and play a little "All Right Now" and feel like making uh-huh. love with like Eddie and Alex, that'd be yeah. fucking cool. Oh, so I had Paul Rogers doing all right now. Too. Oh my god! Another thing, I oh, I need to hear that now. Oh my god! And that's so good. That's so great. Yeah. Eddie shredding. And then I thought, solo. geez, I thought Ann Wilson can sing anything, but can she do like Dave Vera Van Halen? I don't know. Like she, uh, she obviously has the pipes and the range. Is it too cock uh, rock? Is it too cock rock she, for female singer? Yeah. That's Dave the thing. Yeah, like the, the Dave era is a little is a little too much of. But I mean, but Anne could still she could have made that work. But yeah, you're guess. right though, Corey. Like I think it, I think just Dave's got a Dave's got a particular swagger, man, about him and and in his vocal ability. So it's really it's hard to it's imagine tough. anybody doing any of his songs just because you know you're not going to hear it the way Dave's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Josh has a good one before we start on the question. Michael Hutchins. Oh, man, that'd yeah, be something. Dude, that'd be fucking great. I'm a huge yeah. NXS fan. Like, I don't Me know too. why those guys are not. They're not in the Hall of Fame. No one talks about him anymore. No. Michael Hutchins was a beast of a singer. He can sing anything. He yeah. can sing anything. And he's got that front man cool that David Lee Roth had. Oh, that's a good one. Good job, Josh. Before he passed, Michael did a cover of The Passenger from Iggy Pop. Uh, yes. And it was put on the Batman Forever soundtrack. That's how I was aware of it. Uh, but that version is fucking great. Yeah. Yep. 100%. Just throwing that out there. So, Corey, uh, if you could pick any artist to cover any Van Halen song, who would it be and what song would they cover? You know what? I, I think every artist should cover a Van Halen song at some point in their career. Uh, I'm going to go with one of my favorite uh, bands that I just got their CD. It's called, uh, it's by the band Dome, uh, featuring Sean McGinnity and Todd McGinnity. And I'd love to hear them do any Van Halen song. We give you a little running with the devil. Uh, I would love to hear Dome uh, uh, cover that song. So, so that's my choice. You can really pick anybody. Like, hey, fuck, give me Genesis uh, uh, doing Black and Blue. Why the hell not? Like, you know. <laughs> by the way, if you like Genesis, Kevin and I do a show called Ultimate Catalog Clash. Uh, we're covering Genesis. <laughs> Phil Collins here. It's a lot of fun. Check that out. But uh, I was thinking, you know, I, I could go Foo Fighters. I could go with whoever. ZZ Top. They, everybody should do a, a Van Halen cover. Give me some Dome. Give me some McGinnity Brothers. Uh, anything off Van Halen 1, but uh, Running With The Devil specifically. See, there you go, Mark. This is why Corey Morissette is the devourer of podcasts because he just slides <laughs> the references in when you're not expecting them. So. That's right. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Well, I, I can totally hear Sean singing Running With The Devil. And I know that Todd oh, 100%. certainly can play it. So, 100%. And Scott Moreau wants to hear Smashing Pumpkins do once. They, they could actually probably do a, a decent <laughs> version of that. The, it's, it's, not a song, it's not a song I enjoy, and it's not a band I enjoy. <laughs> so, perfect. <laughs> the worst of both worlds? Uh, what about you, Mark? Worst of both worlds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well... This is going to be real, real wacky, but I would love to hear Deftones do uh, Humans Being. Well, what? I have, n- I have no idea what that would remotely sound like. <laughs> wow. Oh, but, but I just, but I'm, I'm here for the chaos of it. There are probably, <laughs> there are probably other songs that uh, they would do like better justice to, but I don't know, just like, 
for whatever reason, human like I want to hear a cover of, of human humans being, but uh, and and I was I was trying to think of a maybe a different band, but I was like, no, I'm sticking with it. Like I love I, the Deftones is my favorite, so it's like, yeah, let me get let me get a Deftones cover of of humans being, uh, because whatever that turns out to be is just gonna be so on the other end of the spectrum from the original that it it'll either be fantastic or it'll be maybe the worst thing Deftones has ever recorded. <laughs> but, but I tell you this, look, the Deftones have recorded covers of Sade. They have recorded the Smiths. Uh, they have done like, and there are other, other covers that I can't even like remember right now, but uh, I don't know. They just, I, I think they could find a way to make that work. What did they do from Sade? No Ordinary Love. And it's really? great. What? Yeah. That'd be it's something like great. <laughs> it sounds just like, I mean, it, it's just, it's Chino singing and not her, but it sounds just like the original. <laughs> wow. Do you remember, mm -hmm. who was it? Um, Faith No More did Easy. Was it? Easy. They right. did Easy. But they did it on note for note cover, mm -hmm. which was super weird. It's like, what the f this is just like karaoke. Like, why have you? Oh, oh that, that very that's much tracks one. for Faith No More, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's another one. Okay, I can't. Oh, I'm, I cannot believe I didn't think of that. That's another potential singer, Mike Patton. Mike, Mike Patton, Patton yeah. could sing the oh, yeah. fuck out of the entire Van Halen catalog. Yeah. Could he do Dreams? Does he have that he, range? He, he could. Uh, well, they would probably change, change the key on that one, and he would probably do it a very different way. But I think he yeah. would do it really well. How about a perfect circle doing Intruder and Pretty Woman? Yeah, that would be very drab and very uh, like Pretty Woman in the sense of like uh, ironic. Like it's like, oh look at that pretty woman. So she thinks she's so pretty. Mm, Walking she thinks. down the street. It's like it's just it's all it's all you know, subs. It's it's no substance. All just. But I'm here for it because I love a perfect circle. It would be it would be <laughs> almost be as cool. bad. It would be almost as bad as Van Halen doing Pretty Woman. <laughs> mic drop, fucking mic drop. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're picking that mic back up. Good night, everybody. Here. Don't forget <laughs> to tip your waitress. We're done. I'm gonna pour you out some soapy water to wash out that filthy mouth. I like Van Halen's cover of Pretty Woman. You fucker, fucking uh, Brits. Well, hey, well, when we get to diving down, I'm definitely jumping on that live stream. <laughs> so. <laughs> Okay, oh, Mark. That's not the worst cover on that album. I'm oh, sorry, we did, didn't say that. Well, did we? Did we even answer the question there? I think we ended up off on a tangent, didn't we? Because I asked you uh, what song do you most frequently recommend to people who don't know Van Halen, and then we just oh, okay, we took a okay. left turn, Albuquerque. Well, what we took, you yeah, did, motherfucker, turn. you asked nine, and then you said no, fuck it, we're going back to eight. So now you have to re-ask nine. So I've got oh, this part sake. out now. Oh, oh sorry, my God, I got to edit so much no, shit. Leave now. this part in. Leave this part in. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just leave it in. To okay, answer your question, uh, the thing is, I don't think there's been anyone in my life that has that doesn't know who van halen is however okay. there's there's a lot of people that i know that don't listen to you know classic rock of that era so if they were to ask me it's like yeah i like some van halen but i'm not well familiar what can you recommend mm -hmm. i would i would i mean honestly i would probably just recommend like here's van halen one start there just the whole album just start there so I get, I mean, I don't want to say ain't talking about love again for every answer, but I mean, that's, I fucking love that song. Um, I would probably, yep, I'm saying it. Ain't talking about love. Nice. 
Nice, Corey. Good call. Um, man, there's so many. I, I kind of yeah. put a Sammy to Dave, and now I'm thinking about it. I would probably pick different ones. Uh, what I written down earlier in the week, I put dreams for Sammy because mm-hmm. you have you know you have the keyboards in there. You got a great Eddie solo, and you got Sammy just singing the fuck out of that song. I thought that'd be pretty cool. And for Dave, I had Panama. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, geez, uh, DOA would be a really cool one. Or Unchained to me is kind of the ultimate Van Halen song. Uh, so I, I didn't I go Unchained. With that one too. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, for Sammy, you want some fucking stank, Van Halen stank pound cake. Fuck yeah, uh-huh. give give me a little pound cake. I, I would maybe go with that. So I'm I'm amending my original choices, and I'm saying maybe give me a little pound cake, give me a little Unchained. Nice. I would also, if I'm gonna recommend the the Sammy era, um, I actually I would say I would start with listen to 5150 the track like give that a listen, see oh, how yeah. you feel about Sammy there. Yeah. So yeah, ain't talking about love in 5150. All right, well, let's wrap up the 10 questions. Um, Corey, right. describe Van Halen in three words. I can't. You, you can't define this band <laughs> in, in three words. I, I think I was able to do it for, for the Tom Petty uh, podcast I did with you. But I, I, there's so, uh, so my, my first word is metal. And not because they're necessarily, even though they are kind of heavy metal, to me, metal is is more of a a, a way of life. It's a it's a you can't oh, yeah. just say metal and mean just music, right? It's fucking metal. Metal means just the perfect amalgamation of uh, of music and attitude and and everything. Eddie is a fucking samurai. You want David Lee Roth with, with you know doing karate kicks off the drum riser? God damn right, that's fucking metal. Uh, Mikey with his Jack Daniels bass, that's metal. Uh, you know Alex with more drums than a human being needs to, uh, almost like Neil Peart for fuck's sakes. He, he can almost go all the way around on his drum kit sometimes. Van Halen is just motherfucking metal. They're just perfect. Uh, word number There's two was goof. Yeah, well, word number two for me was goofballs because Eddie often described Van Halen as just a bunch of goofballs, and they're just always having fun. And you never see Eddie Van Halen with a a guitar to stand and b without a smile on his face. He's just having fun. Uh, yeah. David Lee Roth looks with the shit eating grin, looks like a fucking idiot, but he's a goofball. He's having the time of his life. Michael's <laughs> having the time of his life. Even Alex with the neck brace on, you know, back in the day, having the time of his <laughs> life playing music. They're just a bunch of goofballs. That was my word number two. And word number three, mighty. Like the word mighty, and I, I know they're, they're Mitch LaFon on Twitter tries to assign the word mighty to bands like Bon Jovi, and it's like, fuck. What? you all the way to hell because mighty does not encompass bon jovi that is one word that encompasses van halen 100 you can't put that word on any other band but the mighty van halen so no not bon jovi not def leopard not nickelback whoever else uh, mitch decides to put mighty on it's only for van halen uh goofballs metal and mighty those are my three words uh scott had some good ones too party pop metal so he got one of my party was one too i thought about because they're the ultimate party rock band 100 percent. but they can do darker stuff uh you know don't tell me what love can do from balance is one of my favorite van halen tracks and there's nothing you know party related on that track They, they could branch out of that but it's one i almost considered because that does encompass the band very well 
Okay. I feel like so the only you, uh, I feel like the only band that can uh, utilize Mighty are the Boston's because they had to use it twice. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah, definitely. There are many words I would describe Bon Jovi. Mighty's not one of them. It's not one um, of them. No, you know, and I'm not I'm not saying that as a as a hater, but no, I'm just like I'm just a realist. I'm like Mighty. I really bon like Mitch Lafon, but Mighty Bon Jovi. Oh my God! Yeah, no, no that, dude, look. he he sounds like a Jersey guy. Is he a Jersey okay, quick, guy? Quick, he's segue. Canadian. Quick, quick segue. Oh. I saw Bon Jovi. Like, I used to be a huge Bon Jovi fan before I grew up. When I was still mm-hmm. a kid, went to see him live, and Billy Idol opened for them. And when I saw Billy Idol on stage, I was like, "Oh, that's what a rock star is." And then yeah. Bon Jovi came out, and I was like, "Oh, he's not as good as Billy Idol." So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was say like that's you went from like having like the time of your life to uh, an adequate time, you know? Because they're not Bon Jovi's not a terrible band. They're just you know they they're not the mighty. They do and they're, they're not, not mighty. mighty. They are not. Yeah. yeah. I would have called Billy uh, uh, mighty before them, and I wouldn't even use that for Billy Idol. I like Josh. Yeah, the mighty, mighty Huey Lewis, Lewis and the News. <laughs> Love it. The, you know, the mighty, mighty Kylie Minogue. Like, that makes sense. The, yeah, the mighty Kylie Minogue. Actually, yeah, sure, why not? That fits um, better than Bon Jovi. Same with Huey Lewis. It definitely, actually. yeah, it definitely does. So that's, yeah. anyway. Um, the three, I mean, I, I'm kind of with Corey. It's really hard to describe three words. So, the, But the best, like, phrase in three words that I can describe them is just is epic, fun, rock. Because, like, even even when they're talking about something like really serious or something potentially sad and heartbreaking. It's still epic. Uh, you're still having fun listening to it because whether it's Sammy, whether it's Dave, like leading the charge, they are still going to entertain you. You're still going to be filled with that Van Halen energy. And, uh, you can call them uh, heavy metal of a particular era or just simply rock and roll. They're a rock, you know? So, uh, yeah. And it's always an epic time. So epic fun rock just seems to really fit the mold. If we're going to limit it down to three words for me, do you think that? Do you think rock music, and especially hard rock music, sometimes takes itself way too seriously? Because that's oh. when I, when I saw Van Halen. Every time I've seen Van Halen on on sort of live sh- things on the on, online or whatever, they're just having fun, man. And rock sh- rock and roll should be fun. And to Eddie, you know, Eddie Van Halen, no matter what's going on with David Lee Roth in the in the dressing room or with Sammy Hagar and or the lawyers or with Michael, whatever, as soon as the lights go up and he starts playing his guitar, you can tell that that's just that's his happy place. That's where he wants to be all the time, and he's just having fun. And that to me is always number one. Is Van Halen is just a fun band, right? It's fun. You're talking and it's to imperfect. A... Yeah, yeah you're, you're talking to, to a be... guy. <laughs> Who's like steeped in the in the metal world and like metal musicians, they do nothing except take themselves way too damn seriously, like to a point to where it's really stupid and annoying. Also, that's why I gravitate towards those bands where their music might sound uh, intense and serious, but then you see them on stage and like uh, as an example, uh, I I love Killswitch Engage. They're like probably my second favorite band. They're they're cutting up on stage constantly they're they take to the mic and yell gibberish and just dumb <laughs> shit because they're just having fun and yeah. they are a band that do not they they obviously work hard on the music they put out but they when they're on stage they're there to have a good time they're not there to be like oh look at us you know tough metal guys uh, we'll, we'll kick your ass they're like no they're like by their own admission we take the opposite approach because being serious up there is really stupid so 
and they have influenced other bands to kind of like take the stick out of their asses too and just like just go up there and have fun and if you smile who cares like yeah. enjoy it like laugh like just be be silly up there you know what i realize mark is that your three words are kind of mirror my three words uh epic right mm-hmm. uh, mighty it's just another mm-hmm. word for mighty yeah. uh fun another word for goofballs and yeah. rock another word for metal like we we, we kind of picked the, yeah. the, the same thing it was kind of cool yeah that my friend is some phenomenal backpedaling i love that that's, that's absolutely amazing that's, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant you know what this is what comedians do this is what comics do is they find connections that aren't there for comedy and to make it work <laughs> so, bravo sir bravo okay well let's um let's wrap it up there um we've got a lot more to get through including uh, the top 10 songs for both Mark and Corey. Talk about, uh, of the songs that they've covered so far, which ones are their favorites, um, which ones they both picked, which ones they omitted, and what sort of album distribution is. Uh, So yeah, part two coming very soon. 